There's a lot of mysteries in this, in this event that we celebrate today of the Ascension. And the one that I'd like to kind of focus on is that Jesus prepares a way for us and shows us where we're going and what we're destined for as human beings. Because human beings, while we are very similar to the different animals in, in, in nature, in a, a more ways than we're dissimilar, probably, we're, we're very similar to animals, we are dissimilar. And the ways that we are dissimilar are very big. The few, the few things that make us dissimilar to the rest of God's creatures have huge impacts. One of these major dissimilarities is the fact that we as human beings, <clears throat> if all of our natural, our fundamental needs are met, we can still find ourselves tremendously unhappy. We know that right now, in the United States, we have a happiness problem. It's very difficult for us to be happy right now, it seems. And that's a very interesting concept to kind of just take a step back and look at. Why is it so hard to find happiness and joy. Why do we struggle so much with that? Because we can have all of those fundamental needs fulfilled. We could have food, adequate food, shelter, come from a good family who's supportive. We can even be tremendously wealthy. We could have the kind of the four fundamental desires, all fulfilled, honor and respect. We could be doing great at our jobs. Power, we could have a, a prestigious position that allows us to exercise power in a helpful way. Pleasure and wealth. We can have all of those things satisfied and still be unhappy. In fact, the people who have those things the most are sometimes the most unhappy people. Not all the time. But it seems that fulfillment at a fundamental level and happiness and joy at a fundamental level cannot be satisfied by these things. It's kind of a separate thing. Or at least most of the time it's a separate thing. And I think that is because we, it, it has to do with the mystery we celebrate today of the Ascension. We are not made for this world. We are not just matter. We have immortal souls that are made for eternity. 
We are not made for this world. Now, this is something that St. Paul talks about all the time. Don't live for this world. Stop living for this world. Quit investing in it. You're going to find yourself perpetually dissatisfied if you're trying to use all of these material and earthly ways, honor, power, pleasure, wealth, to fill in for this desire and this thirst, this hunger for eternal things. Because just like we have a desire and a thirst for water when we're thirsty, it has a correlating, uh, it has a correlating object which fulfills that which it desires. If I'm thirsty, my body is actually made to receive water. If I am hungry, my, my hunger points to the fact that my body is made to attain food and eat food because my body is made for food. But there is this fundamental desire, perhaps the desire that makes us more human than any desire, which is a little bit hard to pin down. And that is the desire that St. Augustine talks about, and I kind of use this his quote, I quote it fairly frequently in my homilies, but I do think it is worth quoting and it's almost one of those that can't be overquoted. It is, in my opinion, the greatest quote outside of the scriptures and should be committed to memory because it describes our humanity so well. You have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You have made us for yourself. That is our talos. That is what we are made for, is for God. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Come to me, all you who want living water. Remember, Jesus says, if you would have just asked me for water, I'd give you water that wouldn't make you thirsty anymore to the Samaritan woman. We are meant for more than this world. We're made for heaven. Really, a better way of saying it is we're made for perfect and enduring relationship perfect and eternal relationship with God and everyone else that's what we're made for that's what heaven is heaven's not a place that we go to and I hope we don't fall into into this uh, into this image of heaven you know the uh, 
the eternal golf course, right? Where, or maybe for uh, an adolescent, the eternal amusement park or theme park. It's much more than that. It's better than that. Heaven is not the same thing all the time. Heaven is the fulfillment of the depth of our desire. Once again, it's what we're made for. It's why God created us. It's the perpetual satisfaction that is always new of our most fundamental desire for relationship. Now, when all of us think about the best times that we've ever had in our lives, probably what we would come up with would not be something by ourselves. It would be something where maybe it was in relationship with our family or maybe our spouse or maybe um, a friend or maybe even a prayer with God. And, and, and that, in that experience, we experience some type of relational intimacy with, with the person or the persons we were with. Heaven is relation, perfect and enduring relationship with God and with others forever. That is heaven. And heaven begins right now. Heaven isn't some, uh, something disassociated with our earthly lives. In fact, this ache that we have, that all of us have, this appetite for God, this thing that can't be satisfied by the material world, that leads us deeper to try to move towards heaven. Because heaven and hell begin now. Hell is... Hell is real. Jesus talks about it quite a bit. And if we just kind of open our eyes a little bit, we have probably all experienced moments and times in our lives where we have been in this place of hell. Or maybe we know people who perpetually live in this place of hell. Hell is a place of isolation. It's a place where we are, where we are self-reliant. We are closed off from everybody else. We are closed off from God. We might even have contempt for Him. We are closed off from other people. We might even have contempt for them. And we are closed off from ourselves. Self-hatred. Self-contempt. Contempt from the world. That is, that is hell. On a more extreme level, you know, you might look at somebody like the Columbine killers. 
if you read some of their their literature that they wrote before they did the horrible uh, actions that they did, you get kind of like a glimpse into hell. This place of utter and pure contempt for reality. And so when we die, this is how the church understands it, there's a solidification of our state forever. So if we die without repenting and making that movement towards relationship with God and relationship with others, then we solidify that. By contrast, what we are actually made for is heaven. And heaven is perfect communion with God and relationship with God. Perfect relationship with others and communion with others. Heaven begins now relationally with God, relationally with others, where we have peace inside of ourselves. We don't look upon ourselves with contempt. We love the person who God has created. He he has created us in humility, but we see ourselves gently. Heaven begins at our baptism when the Trinity themselves come to dwell within us. God himself starts to dwell within us at our baptism. And we we get little tastes of this heavenly reality throughout our lives. So we experience joy in our relationship with God. And the whole Christian life is this movement and the expansion of heaven within us. Remember Jesus' words that inaugurate his public ministry? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom has started. Heaven is here among us. It has begun. It dwells within all of us. And the whole of the Christian life is this expansion of heaven within us. This expansion of relationship with God. An intimacy of relationship with God and with others. And this ache, this dissatisfaction with the world and the things of this world to satisfy our needs, it's a really good thing. And sometimes we feel it more keenly than others, other times. It's that kind of that existential moan deep within us. And in that, in that depth, in that thirst, in that dissatisfaction just with when everything else is fine and we just still feel we need more, 
That's a desire for God, that's a desire for heaven, and that's very beautiful. And in the pain and the ache of that desire, we ask God to give us the living water. And as our lives go on, God continues to fill and to quench that desire. And then he lets us be thirsty again. And this is what the saints call the expansion of the heart. And so the most holy people in our tradition tend to have the strongest desire to be with God and to die, which is very ironic. And from their point of view, it's not morbid because they want to experience the fullness of this communion with God and with others. And so they're just detached from this world in many ways, while also seeing its goodness. They're d- detached. They know that they're not made for it. Jesus, we thank you for paving the way for us. Thank you for the reality of heaven, of making it possible, of dying for all of us, to open up the reality and the mystery of heaven of the ultimate fulfillment of our desire as human beings. Help us to remember this reality on a daily basis and yearn for it at a deeper level and to not uh, have a, a disordered affection for the things of this world. Help us to not be self-reliant selfish, self-oriented, isolated, but help us to orient our lives towards you and towards others in relationally, a relational way. Please expand the kingdom of God within us, both in our life of prayer as we commune with you interiorly and in our relationship with our spouses and our family and our friends. Please expand the kingdom of God among us and in this parish. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.